welcome to another episode of We're Not Wizards. My name's Richard. I will be your host for this evening as always. So thank you for joining. Thank you for listening. Pull up a chair. We've moved up. We've got bourbons in tonight. Yes, we've got some filter coffee to have yourself a seat. Because tonight's episode is going to be called Doctor, Doctor, I Feel Like a Board Game. Can't you wait your turn? Because um, jo- joining me tonight <laughs> is Tom Clare from Big Imagination Games. Or should I say Dr. Clare to everybody that's here. So good evening, Tom. How are you? Good evening. I'm very well, thank you, Richard. Yeah, thanks for having me on. What a pleasure That's all right. It's okay. It's okay. I, I, just, I just don't feel nearly famous enough to be on this show, to be See, honest. See, this is, this is the concern, right? We're going to address this first mm. of all, okay? We will yeah. never, ever say no to anybody that wants to come to speak to us. <laughs> Yeah, I am living proof of that, no, of that truth. Anyone that says n- never ever, you know, it's like, you know, that's why we've just, you know, it doesn't matter. We just like, I'm nosy by definition because I'm a sales guy. Mm. So the idea is that I, <laughs> I say, you know, I find out lots of stuff about you and then I try and sell mm. you this lovely fridge that's sitting next to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a delight to have you on because you're from Big Imagination Games. I am indeed. Yes, yeah, that's me. Um, <laughs> and we are here to talk about your fa- your fantastic Kickstarter, which is going to be coming out on Monday, which is called is it Champions of the Wild. Yeah, so so the Champion of the Wild. There yeah. you go. Um, so first of all, we need to say to everybody that um, you know, thank you first of all for listening. The reason that we do this is because we think there's quite simply not enough board game uh, podcasts out there about board games. Or mm. board games out there about podcasters. Definitely not any board <laughs> games out there about podcasters. Though. That's that's odd. I don't think I have any. any I've really. never heard of a board game about a podcast. If you've Maybe heard about not. a board game about a podcast, then go and mm. get in contact with us at We're Not Wizards through the usual places. Because <laughs> that's it. Stop the podcast. I've got my Kickstarter idea. That's a sorted. We just have <laughs> yeah. to design it now, Tom. <laughs> this is a thing. Yeah. I don't know whether to call you Tom. Whether to call you. Yeah. Mr. Clear, or whether to call you Dr. Clear, or call you well, Doctor. I, actually, I go. I normally TC is enough. TC. So, yeah, TC for patients. Patients know me well. Like Top Cat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's me. Yeah. Hey Top Cat. Yeah. Hey TC. No, I'm not going to do yeah, that because that's, that's just exactly how it is. Um, <clears throat> and the second reason that we do this, because we did do the first reason, but we went off on the tangent as usual. Yeah. Yeah. Is because. Um, I've got a whole list of doctor doctor jokes that we've got to get through tonight. <laughs> and I thought, you know, I'm going to try out my material. And who better yeah. to get on to discuss doctor doctor jokes would be our very own kind of doctor. So there you go. Yeah. Um, Here I am. Yeah, see if, you, see if you can get any in kind of secretly that people don't notice. Nah, that's I what, don't know. That's what I just recently for. I think I'm a bell, to be honest. TC. <laughs> um, hmm. So take them and here, have some pills. And if they don't work, give me a ring. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> it's gonna be awful. It's gonna be a long, <laughs> it's, gonna be a long... <laughs> it's gonna be like putting a slug in the hundred meters. <laughs> well, there it is. That's a nice segue. There you go. Because before we start, what we like to do is we like to find out a little bit about somebody's history with the hobby. Um. So what we're gonna do is we're going to we're gonna reminisce about the past. Hmm. We're gonna have cheery happy conversations about the present before we soar off like a bird into the future but first of all <laughs> well, are you going to be like that a bird. it's as good as anything you're going to be wondering this is, oh, I could have been doing something else I could have been looking I could be I could have been catching up on my bunion photographs and recognising different types of bunions but no I'm on the show instead but what we need to do is we need mm. to find... I'm on a yellow one and I'm going up. Um, we need to find out a little bit about your history. So if you want to tell us a little bit about your history with the um, yeah. printed cardboard. Yeah, no worries. So um, so I've always been a gamer in a sense. So ever since I was little, you know, um, games of family, um, not necessarily cardboard games initially, mm. but, you know, things like... 
family holidays and um, scoring systems for things you can spot and, um, you know, like making everything into a game when I was a kid. Um, but I did the kind of standard kid thing with board games, you know, going all through all the classics. Um, I was in the kind of mousetrap, don't break the ice, mm. that sort of generation, you know, um, uh, and that sort of thing. And then going through school age, I was a, a card game player. So I used to have a, have a lunchtime club where me and some other cool kids would sit and play bridge uh super cool uh, between math lessons you play bridge <laughs> we play bridge well, we yeah 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 it's a good game were you were you a strong bridge player no i was awful but fortunately the rest of us the rest of us were awful as well so um yeah it was just it was a bit of a laugh uh and we played a bit of hearts as well yeah. you know um that was kind of i think we were longing for the cardboard that we didn't know existed at the time um so uh yeah so lots of cards and stuff growing up and then i got into risk as well around adolescence um as i think who was it that was i heard on your show the other day was talking about risk was it um wasn't steve tudor it was i can't remember who it was now <laughs> oh, it was my it was, it was mike it was um, mike barnes. mike barnes yeah he talked yeah, about, yeah. he talked about the, the love of the um, risk legacy and, yes, and other indeed. such things which yeah yeah, but Risk is this kind of like a sideways thing. It's a game that people know what existed, and I know a lot mm. of people have played. And I, I was actually had a memory pop back to say that I used to play, I used to play Risk on a regular basis. But it was so long ago. I think it was round about the time mm. I got my hands on to Space Crusade and Hero Quest that I put that to one side and played with the yeah. little plastic figures instead. So when yeah. when did you first get involved in? the kind of what people would say the kind of the staple stuff the the kind of the more yeah. heavier kind of cardboard yeah so my kind of revelation Catan moment was probably about uh 2010 i reckon seven years ago so i was mid i was mid doing a, a graduate medical degree mm. and um had, had that kind of friends invite you around and ask you to play a game i'm always up for a game and then kind of you know that kind of feeling of revelation where you think, "Wow, this is more than just <laughs> rolling a dice. What's going on here? There is something else." Um, and inevitably, there followed the kind of avalanche of games uh, in, that I investigated and started buying and signed up to BGG and tried to kind of work my way down the top thirteen, find ones that I fancied. Um, so yeah, so then my collection has grown since then. Um, the, the only problem I have is finding people to play with me. So why is that? Is it just groups or is it just time? <laughs> yeah. Or? Um, well, it's, it, you, you've, you've probably put a finger on both, actually. So it's um, it's groups and time. So obviously, um, up until just this August, I've been doing hospital kind of shift yeah. work and 13-hour shifts and um, lots of weekend work as well. Uh, and also got three young kids. So finding any time to sit down with my wife and be like, right, let's play a game. Um, and it's also fun. It's also... I mean, I'm obsessed with board games, but uh, my wife is not quite as obsessed. Oh, right. <laughs> so, you know, some people apparently, when they want to relax, they like to sit down and just like talk, or you know, kind of have a drink, or just watch TV. I, so I don't, I don't that I don't understand. I don't understand that. I just no, don't, no, no. I can't imagine. I can't imagine not wanting to sit down and play a three-hour game of Agricola, but apparently some people don't. Could you not sit at the end of somebody's bed and say, "Okay, um, while we're waiting for your results." Um, <laughs> Here's a deck of fifty cards. <laughs> Just start, start magic. <laughs> you know what I mean, do you know? You can... Yeah, I do wonder whether I could bring board games into my consultations a bit more as a GP now. I think that'd be quite, maybe kind that's of something cool. worth trying. Can you imagine that? Mm. And then you just like say, okay, now the previous patient who came in, who <laughs> he's got a bit of a he's got a bit of a rash, but we can't say because it's privilege. You can't say and don't say don't go walk out and go oi, rashy Peter, but. <laughs> we've been we've been we've been playing um you know we've been playing a bit of Catan here and I've now I've rolled mm. the dice and I've got yeah. I've got some stone and you get that what are you going to do next you it's your turn to roll the dice and you could do that through the entire day and you could get Well I wonder yeah hmm. I wonder whether you could have like a turn based thing where I play a turn and then the next patient plays a turn sort of thing as they come through the door And then but... and then you'd end up with patients coming far and wide because you'd be get to known as the board game doctor yeah. And then what would yeah. happen is you get Channel Four knocking on your door, going to do like a reality, <laughs> some kind of show, and then you could be, yeah. yeah, and then you could be TC board game doctor, and they would just be a naff picture. They'd probably do a picture with you with like Monopoly under your arm, and then you'd be able to educate <laughs> people. But um, I don't know. 
you know, there's the, the, the there is the power of um, keeping people's minds active and stuff like that as well. So maybe you know, medical benefits. Yeah, I think there is. And I mean, the doctor's waiting rooms are pretty dull places to be. Oh, and, I know. You know. If you're waiting for me, you might be waiting for a while. So. Could you imagine if somebody brought in like a game of two booms in a room or something like that, or something? Oh, yes, <laughs> or, so good. Or, or werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. everybody's, everybody's sitting around it's like now everybody close your eyes <laughs> open your eyes the you people would come people would come flock they, do you know what I mean they would they would wake Ooh. up in the morning and go oh I think I've um, oh look at that I've I've cracked that nail and then they'd be straight on the phone to try and get an appointment I'd be quite keen for that actually maybe I'll, I'll mention it to the I think you should try it and maybe put it into the budget I think you know if you can, you could start <laughs> yeah. Well, we didn't. Well, we were going to get, band- get, gonna get bandages, but we ended up um, getting the next. Um, why are we getting cool mini or not boxes getting delivered to the surgery? Oh, no idea. Yeah. What's rising, son? It's an ointment. It's, a, yeah. it's very big. It's, it's, what did you go for? That I went for the biggest pledge possible. It's like, what do we need to? Get? But have a word with. Have a word with Shona because she's been giving out a single figure to every single patient that comes in, and now we don't know where gone. We don't know where all the stuff's gone. We've kind of got to scour the streets of, scour the streets and try and bring all the stuff back. And he nicked the special card. He's not getting anything at all. If he comes back for his asthma medicine, tell him to go somewhere else. But yeah. you said yeah. But I mean that aside. I mean you said you've not had a, an awful lot of time. Do you hmm. then? I mean. How often do you manage to get a fix, and, and kind of what? How often do you manage to get well, a fix? Well, you know, so so it's funny. So I've become it's become a bit of a thing with my with my birthdays and with Christmases. Yeah. You know, like it's a bit of a joke that I'm going to want all I'm going to ask for is board games, mm. and um, and the the kind of heaviness rating has been gradually decreasing as kind of time goes on. Mm. Um, I once bought I bought my um, brother-in-law Dominant Species for one Christmas when I first got into board games. Yeah. And uh, you've played, have you played Dominant Species? I've seen it on action. Oh, my word, so good. So good. I'm a massive fan. Sorry, you, what were you going to say? No, no, I've seen, I've oh. seen it played and it looks, um, it looks kind of vicious, but at the same time it looks a little bit, um, yeah. it looks a little bit complicated as well. Yeah, so if, if you imagine a game that you wouldn't want to crack out with five other non-gamers on Christmas Day, it's probably Dominant Species, because it would take about four hours to go through it all. So, um, so, so since that, I've been kind of learning that to get to play games, I need to kind of get people to buy me slightly lighter ones. But um, yeah, well, you, so I probably get I probably get one maybe once a month at the moment. But with all the kind of work on the project and things, yeah. so yeah, not much. What's not much. what you've been? Um, what have you been playing recently then? Well, so I picked up um, King Domino after some good reviews. Yes. Um, so I, I have managed to get that to sell probably three or four times with some friends locally, mm-hmm. uh, and I've played a bit of Jaipur as well, which I got for the first time. Yeah. Okay. not long ago uh so they're probably things i've played recently um and i've got I've, someone gave me a suburbia for my birthday back in june which i'm still waiting to get out i'm looking forward to i've heard some very good things about um suburbia king domino that won an mm. award recently yes um, yes it was Spiel the Gers um, or something like that i was, can't yeah, pronounce yeah, it, it and i'm not gonna inv- but what's it about why don't you tell everybody a little bit about king domino what's if you've played it a couple of times what's yeah of course yeah. I have, yeah. So it's quite a simple um, game, very similar in um, mechanic to just a simple dominoes. You start off with your single tile. It's a tile laying game, and you'll lay a five by five grid of tiles. And you start with a single tile that counts as one by one. And then you have these two by one tiles that you're going to gradually lay down. And they're going to try and match up with the different terrains that you've already put down um, to make a as, as many kind of point scoring different areas as you can. Um, and they, the tiles either have a terrain on, but they also have a crown on sometimes, and they're the kind of valuable tiles. Uh, and the way the actual mechanic works is you put your meeple on on, a, on one of the four options for tiles, mm-hmm. which, um, and then the next go you'll take that tile and you'll get the first choice if you're on top and the second choice if you're second mm-hmm. and the third choice if you're third on that list. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so if you, cho- if you choose a good tile, which is down the bottom and has more crowns on, yeah. you'll generally get the last choice for the next round of um, domino choosing. Oh. Um, that may not make any sense, but it, but you then you gradually then evolve your board and you try and not to get stuck with empty corners, um, which most people do. 
Um, and then at the end, you know, you count up the score. It, it only takes about maybe 20 minutes, 25 minutes to play, um, and it's very accessible for um, early gamers or you know non non gamers. Uh, so that's uh, and it's and it's good fun actually. There's a bit of strategy to it if you if you kind of ca- if you card count a bit, um, you can get a you can eke some strategy out of there as well. So is it um, is it something that even younger kids could play? Could you kind of house rule it a bit and allow the kids to kind of play it? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, my um, my four year old could um, hasn't actually played it yet with me, but I think he could he could play because you have to match up and stuff. Um, you match up the terrain types. He wouldn't have much of a strategy, and I would absolutely mop the floor with him. So, <laughs> you tempted to um, do that just to like just it might to not be enjoyable. Lesson. I know. It's, yeah, well, yeah. you know, life lessons. You can't win everything. Well, actually, there's a I don't know. Whether, I mean, I, I I subscribe to the um, sort of playing with kids board game geek forums, and, and there's a big kind of discussion about whether you should whether or not you should let your children win and whether you should just nail them every time and kind of teach them how the world is. <laughs> um, or, I mean, initially you play games with them that are luck-based. You know, you play like um, just uh, spin, uh, one called Spotty Dogs by Ultra Toys where you just spin a thing yeah. and whoever wins, they do win because it's just luck. Frustration, um, which is... Yeah, frustration so, on my world. Such a correct, do you know what I mean? It's just the... Uh, I've, I've, I've written, not that much of a blog, but I've written a blog about how bad kids games are for parents <laughs> it's just it's just so such hard work to play some of those games it is, it so, it is so almost better. the case that kids games when you're younger will put mm. people off board games for life because if you yeah. say to somebody what do you do it's like you know i like a little bit of cardboard you know what what, what mm. like and they look at you yeah, like exactly. you've just grown like an arm out the side of your head and you're waving like a six a, you know six cards at them or something like that and mm. but on the other side of it you know if you welcome them into the world they realize how magical it is but i wonder if those games kind of put them off yeah. i've said a while ago that my kids brought round a copy of um monopoly for kids that they got off an ant and nobody mm. nobody loses Everybody wins, mm. and at the end you have a big party. And I was just mm. like, "That that's not even traditional Monopoly. That's just a whole load of that's just a nobody load of loses." Oh, that really annoys me as well. That's, there's a whole kids thing recently about you know everyone has to win. You can't have somebody losing, and it's like, oh, just it upsets me. The, the thing that really upsets me is that um, when you look at the design of these kids games, uh, it's it would be so easy to make it slightly interesting for the parents, and you know to get some engagement level. Uh, to set some sort of parental challenge or like change a rule a bit so it's more there's a decision or two in there but most of these games for young kids just have no decisions at all and it's just it kills me to play them with the kids you want Ugh. you would do you know what would be cool if you had I do remember that guy that made um, Scythe into My Little Pony for his daughter and I thought there's <laughs> yeah. so many board games out there that I would love to be able to yeah. house rule yeah and because I got um, my my son, he's 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 four as well, you know. So how is he? Yeah. yeah. So we've uh, we played um, we actually played a little bit of Mice and Mystics, which is a beautiful kind of story based game by Plat Hat wow. Games, and mm. we house ruled it up to Heido, you know. But and mm. uh, every kind of battle that he fought, he kind of won. He never had a struggle, but he had a thoroughly yeah. good time, and it kind of opened up his eyes to what yeah. was happening. Obviously, the mm. next game we played was Netrunner, and it's not my f- yeah. it's not my fault. He can't <laughs> read, you know. <laughs> you know, scored <laughs> scored three agendas within the first seven turns. You know what I mean? It's just like the boy's got <laughs> boy's got to learn. You know, he's got to learn. Got yeah, to he's got to learn. Well, I th- you know, there is there's there's two schools of thought, and that that is one of them that the boy's got to learn. Um, <laughs> And then you know, and then at some point he'll he'll beat you, and it'll be the best best day of his life because he's he's lost so many games to you over the years. My my middle son's like that. He's um, we've played um, Star Realms, the card oh, yeah. game. Yep, he's hmm. kicking my butt at that. Um, we played <laughs> Viticulture as well, and he managed hmm. to yeah, he kicked my butt at that as well. I think he's getting to the point yeah. where he's he's uh, he's at that age where he kind of knows. He knows he's already looking at strategies and stuff like that. We've played quite a few games together. And I'm going from yeah. that thing where I'm kind of, oh, look, Daddy just made a mistake. Ha ha ha. To, are you actually mm. kidding me? And <laughs> close <laughs> yeah. to like flipping flipping the kind of, kind of the 
table. So do you have yeah. do you have quite a reasonable collection then? If you're getting kind of like if you're able to kind of pick up one mm. on a regular basis. Yeah, I mean that that's that's the kind of irony, isn't it? The the as a board game kind of obsessed young man, I've got loads of games, and I've probably got I've probably got seven or eight in my pile of shame at the moment that I just haven't played at all. Yeah. Um, so, but I just can't stop buying new ones, or at least trying to buy new ones, and <laughs> trying to pester, pester my wife that I need to buy another game or get one for my birthday. So, um, yeah, but it, it does feel a bit sad just to watch that pile of shame grow. Um, so I haven't bought one for a while. King Domino was my last one, which was which was a couple of months ago now. So that's all right. Trying to, well, you've... and I've got I've got Gloomhaven arriving at some point from Kickstarter. Have so. you? Is this the new yeah. the new second edition? Yeah, the new second edition, indeed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I managed to sell that one because um, I've got an old friend of mine who has just moved to the area and is going to love playing Gloomhaven. So I've sold that to my wife as a kind of investment in my friendship with this guy. Honey, sometimes you're going to make friends. Sometimes it's yeah. going to cost money, and it's like, well, listen. Yeah, exactly. If we went down the pub a couple of Saturdays, <laughs> yeah, completely. If we went and watched the football, yeah, then you'd you'd have the cost of the ticket for the football. We'd have the transport there. We'd have something to eat. We'd have a couple of pints. I mean, <laughs> exactly. that is about a hundred yeah. pounds. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Easy, easy. And then you can get, you know. You get months of, of joy out of Gloomhaven, I'm sure. But um, yeah, I don't yeah. know. She, 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 she kind of said yes. So we've got that in the end. Does she ever even kind of? Because I, I must admit, um, you know, my wife's the same. She kind of looks at it and goes, "What are you doing? This is cardboard. These are for kids. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing?" Does she ever yeah. have kind of yeah. like a look at them and go, "Oh, that kind of seems interesting," or is she just kind of, "Well, that's your thing," and I'm going to leave you alone? No. With it? No, do, do you know what she actually? She's really good. She's really supportive with the with the kind of game stuff that I'm doing project wise. But she's also, um, I don't know how it happened, but I managed to teach her and get her to play Agricola once, and she absolutely loves it. Oh, I know, and that's one of the that's, heaviest games that I've got. But, yeah, it's not. Yeah. That's kind of like straight from that's straight from starter mm. into main course with a big stake, isn't it? <laughs> I know. And I and I yeah, maybe it was just too much too soon. Or, but but and since then, her enthusiasm has has not been quite as good i've played a couple of games of patchwork with her and she um uh she's kind of into that yeah but, um, yeah and splendor as well so that so she likes the kind of lighter mm. games that take they're a bit quicker i mean she's obviously quite tired from childcare a lot of the time so yeah spending spending a three-hour epic thinking about kind of moves is not always what she's keeping <laughs> exactly for. and it's kind of like mm. i've spent the entire day looking after the kids i'm not then yeah. gonna play anything with you cardboard related you yeah. child <laughs> exactly go and listen to another podcast exactly exactly so how does um how does tc the game player move into tc the designer and say actually you know where where in your mind you kind of come from saying well actually this is good i've got some ideas and actually i can do something myself i mean how do you how did you Mm. make the switch it's a bit of a funny one because it kind of happened by accident um in a way uh, and i think a lot of these a lot of these sorts of games so, so the game that, we're, that uh will that we're running from monday is going to be a kind of social game and i think a lot of times the story behind these social games is um it comes from friends and from kind of conversation it just kind of happens naturally at some point mm. and then at some stage it becomes an idea that you run with and um so i was i was um, I was always into games, but it was it kind of came as out as a parlor game and kind of just chatting among friends, you know, which which animal would you choose for this sort of thing? Um, and then we I kind of refined it a bit, thinking it'd be a bit of a better game to play with friends if it was um, if you had a range of events and a range of animals and you kind of made sure people chose different ones and uh, and so it, over the course I mean it was over the course of about five years it kind of gradually evolved through conversations with friends. Um, and then it was probably oh, maybe three years ago, three and a half years ago, um, when I started talking about when I discovered Jamie Stegmeier's blog and started talking about self-publishing and um, got the art done and the uh, graphic design and stuff. Um, and I think I don't really know what I think. I just got quite excited by the whole thing and uh, the you know this whole Kickstarter phenomenon and the fact you can have an idea and a game that you think is unique in you and you can just t- take it to Kickstarter and. Uh, it can exist, which is really exciting for me. So, um, yeah, that's where it started, really. Just kind of decided. For you, was it also maybe a bit of a break from the fact that you are in a high-pressure arena 
that you are mm. having to be very precise in your actions, you being kind of like mm. being a doctor, that, you know, yeah. your creative skills mm. are maybe have to yeah. be subdued for you to continually be mm. using a particular part of your brain in an analytical kind of manner? Yeah, I think that's a very calm way of putting it, actually. Yeah. Um, I do think I get, I think I'm bored easily. I think I, I often need other things to think about. And it did help, you know, when you're dealing with some difficult stuff at work and p- people you've seen that aren't very well, um, having something else to think about, um, and something else to kind of get obsessed about, yeah. uh, was, <laughs> was quite useful at times. Uh, and I used to spend, there's times when I was doing night shifts. So some, some night shifts on sur- general surgery where, um, it can be really busy when you're kind of just spending all night running around seeing people. And sometimes it can be really quiet and you're just kind of supposed to be in bed. Uh, but I remember several night shifts I would just spend kind of cutting out my prototypes and, you know, making plans about which events to use. And um, so, yeah, it's having a distraction in that sort of role is, is really useful. And I've certainly found it important mm-hmm. yeah, for my kind of health. Yeah. When you were, um, I mean, when you were first kind of prototyping, when you were first pro- mm. prototyping the game, how different is the finished product from the original kind of prototypes? Um, well, it's 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 quite different. So um, obviously, the art and the design was was non-existent mm. um, b- before, which I think was one of the main things that um, people get kind of struck by about the game as it stands now. Um, but the, the the as I say, the, it started off as just a simple like you know which animal would you choose for this. Um, and that mechanically, the kind of the nuance of trying to make, trying to maximise the fun of the game. So the fun bit of the game is um, is talking about what animals do badly. So to, so making sure that you have animals and events that will um, ensure that some animals are doing badly on every event, because that's the that's the funny thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the kind of design challenge, and that that uh, has really improved it since the first prototype. Um, was out there and that was sort of three or four years ago now um yeah so it has changed a bit mechanically but mostly kind of graphically and present presentation wise you know from my hand scrawls of uh <laughs> of animals it's now looking much better are you still have you still got like the original prototypes kicking around do you have like the do you have like the box that's got all the original stuff in yeah. it have you yeah i do i've got i've got a um I've got cereal box that I turned into a, a board. For some reason, I, I was obsessed with having a board with a massive racetrack around the edge and like and loads of stuff in the middle that's completely unnecessary. I realised. So you were time, actually but, going for yeah. the London 2012 Olympics. Yeah, yeah, it was field. exactly. Yeah, yeah, that was the idea. Yeah, um, yeah, and that kind of focus on the Olympics is probably partly why the um, the first project last year kind of fell on its face because I was so focused on getting it out before the Olympics started mm. last year. So, okay, um, okay. Yeah. Because, yeah, oh, well, I mean, going on to that, so you you kind of put the game together. You got it to prototype phase. Mm. You yeah. you kick-started it last year. Yeah, yeah, I did. Mm. And what, I mean, what was, I mean, is there a, it must be a bit, your first project, is it, was it pressure? Was there kind of like, I'm gonna to have to do that. You said you sounded like pressure because you said you wanted to get it out kind of before before the Olympic yeah. Games. So. Yeah, do you know it's funny because um, you can read. You know, I've probably read the whole of Jamie Stegmaier and James Matthews' blog like mm. twice or three times, every, all of it. And you can read like, a load of advice, loads of forums, loads of you know all the Facebook groups that I'm in. Um, and yet somehow you can still be completely ignorant, <laughs> even after, even if you've done all that research. Um, so, uh, so even though like everyone, you know, the kind of lesson number one from Stegmaier is you don't need to launch today. Um, yeah. You know, basically like chill out, chill out. If you're not ready, don't bother. Um, somehow I became quite focused on the, on this Olympics thing and the fact that it would, it would fit really well with the Olympics and it would be good to be out at the same time. And uh, I think realistically, because I was working, I was doing obstetrics and gynecology at the time. So doing long weekends and night shifts quite a lot didn't have didn't have the time to build the crowd that i needed to build and um yeah and that's the main reason that it failed along with a few other things um so yeah it was an interesting learning experience actually and and i'm I'm glad i went through that in a way um to make it better and to kind of bring it to where it is now but uh yeah there was pressure i I put pressure on myself really unnecessarily is the answer yeah i mean yeah i mean that's the it's I've seen that. I mean, it's yeah. I've seen that a few times now. I think um, sometimes it's almost like a rite of passage for people to kind of put a Kickstarter out there. 
and then they cancel it or it doesn't fund and then you know two months later three months later six months later a year later they release Mm. it again and it just does kind of great guns and it's yeah i don't know if it's because people are more relaxed if they've built up a bigger audience i don't know you know Mm. i've seen i mean we've had when we had mark neidlinger from Mm. orange nebulon yeah and he was like oh we you know i he sounded like he did the same thing as you. He was on the blogs. He had his mm. game plan down. He knew exactly what he was mm. doing. He pulled the campaign after two weeks because he says this isn't happening. And then he came back yeah. and he just absolutely kind of smashed it. It was the same mm. with Justin Elements. He launched the key launched Elements. Mm-hmm. Didn't go anywhere. Yep. Didn't get funded. He cancelled it. He came back. It funded. It funded well. So, I mean, I think there's a continual... Mm. It's almost a case of... You don't know what Kickstarter is going to be like until you're on Kickstarter. Yeah, I think so. I, I, it is so accessible, and, and you know, all you have to do is click a few buttons, and you can launch a project. So, um, uh, and as much as you try and be prepared, uh, yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> I think you can. I think probably compared to those other guys, my mine was more ignorant than theirs was. Um, uh, in terms of, I didn't really have a crowd, and uh, that's kind of lesson number one. Um, uh, and you know there is a crowd now, and I hope it will do will do well when it when it comes out. We'll see. But um, yeah, it, it's it's certainly a bit of a rite of passage, and, and you do learn a lot from failure. You probably learn a lot more from failure than you do from successes. Uh, yeah, so I found in my professional life as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can, I mean, you can share you can share if you want, but uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, when you kill someone, it changes you. No, yeah, yeah. No. no, I didn't mean that. I mean, you yeah. know, you accidentally told them they had a, you know, a wart instead of like a, I don't know. Yeah, no, I've done, I've done some, no, no, I've never done, I've unfortunately never done anything too, too awful. I have, I have dribbled on a few patients before, which has been the, the most kind of awkward thing that's happened to me. You know, you know, when you've got a bit of a runny nose and you kind of, and you go to work anyway. <laughs> it's like um, you say to them. Now, Mrs. Mulberry, it's really important that you don't, um, you make sure that you don't come into contact with anyone that's going, <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, and no, my nose, my nose dribbled all over a patient when I was trying to examine them. It was just really, really bad, really bad. And I had, it was, I was a student at the time actually, and I had my my colleagues standing behind me, just kind of mocking me and laughing oh, as they no. saw this snot dribble, dribble onto this patient's chest. Oh no! Yeah. Did, they, did they say anything? Did the patient not, or did you just say, "Oh my goodness"? Do you know? I I don't think they actually know, either. Didn't notice, or they were really good about hiding it. So um, only only the people behind me noticed. Uh, my my friends, but. Uh, yeah, I think they were just really kind and didn't want to humiliate me so I would, any more than I was already I would, have, I would have probably looked down, known the way I am, and went, oh my goodness, this is weeping. <laughs> it's really <laughs> yeah. it's really bad. I'm sorry, but yeah. we're just going to have to give you a bell and a sign to walk around with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about the mechanics of the game, because we're doing yeah. unusual. Mm. We've mm. done over half an hour, and we're still not talking yeah. <laughs> Talked about it at all, <laughs> but that's my mood, isn't it, Randy? You know. Oh, we love it. Everyone, everyone loves it. If they're still here, then that's why. Exactly. That's why they're listening. Isn't exactly. It? So, mm. the champion of the wild. Hmm. How would you play it? Okay, so first of all, uh, so you got between three and six players, and three of those players will choose an event, so that they randomly choose who's going to be the event selector. Um, and they will choose one one category. So there's five different event categories. You've got speed, power, endurance, technical, and team. And each of those three event selectors will choose one pile. Uh, and they'll then take their three cards from that pile and choose their favorite of those three events. Mm-hmm. Um, so you might choose the, the power one and you'll have like, you know, Royal Rumble or Destroying a Shed or... Um, Jousting being a good example that's uh, that's been popular, um, and you'll choose your favourite of those three, and, and then y- your friend will choose their favourite from the technical pile, you know, like long jump or um, these sorts of things. Um, so you get your three events. So you've got three different events from different categories, and you then get seven animal cards in your hand. So you'll have a hand um, of all different cards, ranging from as small as a mosquito to as big as a blue whale, uh, and all different types of animals. And you're going to have to choose from your hand one animal that's going to compete in all three of those events on the cards. Um, so you'll need to think about being big enough to do jousting, but small enough to hide in a house uh, and kind of fast enough to run 100 metres, that sort of thing. Um, 
which inevitably means that you have to compromise in some way. Uh, and you then announce your animals and you then go through each event in turn and you um, kind of discuss your strategy, what you're going to do, how you're going to maximise your performance for your crocodile or your um, or your killer whale in, in the event. Uh, and then you kind of, uh, you can look stuff up online, look up YouTube videos of, of a gorilla dancing or whatever. Um, <laughs> you, you can uh, uh, kind of pick apart other people's strategies and kind of point out the fact that they are being ridiculous. Um, uh, and then kind of when people are ready, uh, they turn over a, a ready to vote card, which basically means like, I'm done discussing this now. This is no longer interesting. Um, and you move on to voting um, and you do blind voting for each event. Uh, after you've discussed it so uh, so no one quite knows who's winning till the end of the game but you pass out tokens to the other animals mm. based on mm. where you think they would finish um, and you, you exclude your own animals so there's no kind of bias there um, uh, and that's kind of a garbled explanation of, of how it works <laughs> you, you, no, I, you can tell I haven't practiced this can't you um, this is the first podcast I've done you can tell um, is it? Oh, yeah. yeah it is actually yeah really? yeah Okay. Yeah, does that surprise you? Have yeah. I been have I been smooth? Have I been It's been right. silky. Do you know what I mean? Okay. It's been very, yeah. I've been quite impressed by your kind of your pod your pod side manner. <laughs> there it is. That wasn't even planned. No, that was just you know, this is oh, what it's just fast thinking. Just fast thinking. Wow. Do you know what I mean? That's why you're the that's why you're the entertainment guy. I could be a are. pharmaceutical that's, that's salesman, I could from. never be a doctor. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because I'd say I'll just go over and say it could be worse, and then I just squeeze her nose and go. <laughs> you could have a, you could have a bike horn for a nose. On you, <laughs> on you go. <laughs> you know I couldn't do that. <laughs> I mean, have you ever done that before? What's that? That is brilliant. <laughs> the bike horn, no. Squeeze someone's nose and say it could be worse. Yeah, no. No. That's amazing. I'm gonna start doing that. You have to do that for people. I'm gonna start doing that. Yeah, for someone who comes in with a cold, I'm just gonna start doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Or you could just say, look on the bright side. You can buy Velcro shoes and just leave it like that, and just not say, <laughs> just not say anything else. I'd they just stand up, up and open the door, yeah. ha- messing with people's heads. Doctor Doctor jokes yeah. are brilliant. Mm. Mm. But anyway, so <laughs> moving on from whether Doctor Clear is any good on a podcast, which he blatantly is. Mm. Um, the events, did you start off with kind of like serious events or did you say, well, let's have, because you mentioned destroying a shed? Yeah, destroying a shed. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the new events. Yeah, that's in the power category. Yeah. <laughs> so what kind of events can people take part in? Did you kind of go, oh, 100 metres, 200 metres, 400 metres, yeah. 800 yeah. metres? That's lots of running. Yeah. That'd be a yeah. cheetah, potentially, or mm-hmm. would it be a leopard or would it be a lion? But then again, well, a, wolf, yeah. a wolf could do a pretty good job on that. Or would it be, if you think outside the box, and remember that you can have water lanes in these events, ah. would it be better to have a, a sailfish or a, um, or a dolphin? You know, that's the question. You have to ask yourself what's faster. It depends, um, because it depends if a dolphin would stop halfway through and try and entertain the crowds. <laughs> well, well, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it depends how well you've trained him, to be honest, Richard. Uh, if, if, you're, if you're the sort of trainer who kind of lets your animals, you know, do that sort of thing in the middle of their training regime, then, you know, I w- maybe. I would probably... But, Probably put a ball halfway through down the lane so he could stop halfway through and yeah. do a little crowd play. Yeah. He'd be like the Usain Bolt of the <laughs> yeah, kind of the dolphin the end, yeah. world. He'd, do re- he'd go really, really fast, and then at the yeah. end he would just go look, look how cool I am. I'm going to balance a yeah. ball on the end of my on the end of my kind of nose. One thing I've got to say is the artwork on this, mm, yeah, is phenomenal. Mm, it's incredible. It's isn't it? really, really mm. good. I mean, how? I mean, that's one of the that's one of the scary things because you see, I've seen the standards on Kickstarter seem to be very, very high. <clears throat> mm. I've seen people put stuff on Kickstarter, and I've went, "Oh, I kind of guys, just a little bit yeah. more, ramp it up a little bit more, and you're there." Yeah. But this stuff is incredible. I mean, was mm. that? Was that something that was really, really important to you to kind of get right from the beginning? And mm. is it, did you commission all this art for the for the game? Yeah, it was it was really important. And and I think you know there's so many games out there now, like so many on Kickstarter being published, and especially loads of party games, loads of social games, um, different ways of, of interacting. And and uh, the the pr- the problem is standing out amongst the kind of massive 
crowd and a lot of these games don't have any art because it's obviously it is a bit of a cost and um sometimes it doesn't quite match up for your accounts to spend so much on art for a tiny game mm-hmm. um but certainly with the idea and with the kind of theme and with this kind of unique you know animals competing thing i was really keen to get some art to kind of show that off kind of immediately to would-be backers and um yeah, uh, I just I was lucky enough to find this um, amazing artist Kevin Chapman um, through an advert that I placed online, mm. um, and he sent me. So his it was, it was quite funny actually. So I'd had I had probably about maybe sixty or seventy applications for this kind of paid thing, just a kind of trial for two, one or two pieces of art. And at, on the last five minutes of the deadline, which had been about two weeks deadline. I got an email from from Kevin Chapman, the, who's now the artist, and and everyone else had just emailed being like, uh, "Yes, I am really good at art. Please look at my portfolio." Yeah. You know, paste, copy, paste, which is fair enough because you know people are busy and they're applying for lots of jobs. And he he sent me so the thing that he sent me as an application for the for this first job was um, the, what has now become the Royal Rumble uh, card art with an elephant in a boxing ring uh, with a bear on the floor just outside. Because <laughs> so so he'd he'd gone and read he'd read my blog about elephants. Uh, doing kind of uh, throwing other animals out of the ring and he'd done a piece of art based on that blog entry as his application it's just and it was just incredible so uh, he's been just head about head and shoulders above the rest so um it was an easy decision really when i when i found him and so you say that the um the art isn't 100 percent kind of done is kevin continuing to work on stuff kind of as you go yeah he is so obviously as i mentioned you know art, art's not cheap and um if if the project's not going to fund then i'm not going to be getting 92 pieces of individual art or possibly more yeah. um just for me to put on my walls much as much as my wife does enjoy the project and having this the giant banners from the games expo in the corner of our house having it on every wall of the house might be a bit much uh, um, there would be yeah, there would so, be words in the car you can imagine yeah there would there would so i haven't i've have only got art done for maybe 10 or 12 of the cards yeah. but the good what i'm seeing it as a good thing and I, and I think it is a actually a positive thing for the um for any kind of potential backers because what we're going to do during the project is to um, involve um, backers in the art direction. So, um, so say to you, say that you were a backer and you um, suggested a new event. So, you, what, what event would you suggest, Richard? Have you got any ideas for what you want to see animals do? What I want to see animals do: juggle. Yeah, juggle. Okay, juggling. There you go. So you go for juggling, and if that if that becomes a popular event and it ends up being voted into the game during the Kickstarter project, you will then be the art director, uh, and you'll get your name on the card, mm. um, and you can think about which animal you'd like to see juggling, and 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 how you imagine the scene, and where you imagine the scene, and what the weather's like, and all this stuff, uh, and you can kind of tell our artist, and and Kevin will do it for you. So um, I, I've seen it as a kind of a positive way of involving the community in kind of making the game itself, because uh, you'll be able to be involved in that side of things. And have you thought about um, fantasy creatures as well? Yeah, you know, there's a lot. Of, it's funny whenever you post something on Facebook about kind of you know which animal would win this. There's always like about two or three down. It's like you know, dragon or you know, griff, you know, griffin um, or dinosaurs. And I think there is you know, the great thing about the animal kingdom is that you know it's it's quite straightforward everyone knows it you can look up facts the cars have all got um animals height and weight and size and um on them so it's quite semi-factual based you can kind of argue semi-factually based on what you think about them uh whereas for mythical creatures it's a little bit more difficult but um maybe something in the future i don't know we'll see yeah just a version but then i'd want them to Mm. kind of look not i'd like them to look like animals that just had bits added on to them because generally when folk kind of like do a unicorn is a magnificent beast and I just like a horse kind of standing there going, yeah, I got a horn. Not really happy about it, to be <laughs> honest. Um, other yeah. horses used to take the mick out of me when I was at um, horse school. Yeah. You know, looking a bit downtrodden. <laughs> yeah. You know, can't play, well, can't play football. Uh, yeah. Bursting the ball. Bursty park. Well, that's Bursty part the... is rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the interesting things, actually, about the art style, because there's been a bit of a kind of um, a dichotomy in people's reactions. Some people are like, wow, this is awesome. Uh and then a lot of people kind of think with a with a kind of fun social party game, um, you know, why have you gone with a photorealistic kind of? It, it looks like the animals actually are racing in the hundred meter hurdles on the box, for example. Um, and I think some people are a bit like, well, that's a bit strange. For a, why is it not more fun? The art, you know, why haven't you gone with something a bit more interesting? Um, but that was kind of the whole idea to build the world of what it would actually be like if these animals did what we said they did. Yeah, and I yeah. think the. Um... I think generally people would go, oh, cartoony art. 
but then yeah, exactly. But then you're heading down the kind of the you're dangerously close into kind of like the exploding kittens kind of cartoony stuff that you yeah, see bears and babies exactly. kind of cartoony stuff and then you get close to yeah. that and then if you did that then people would go no oh, this is just bears and babies but it's like olympics yeah Bleh, kind of thing so i like mm. no it's difficult to get art looking good mm. and this stuff's as somebody who occasionally dabbles um, it's fairly, it's kind of fairly, fairly impressive. Um, are you an, are you an artist, Richard? I, I you dabble. I have dabbled. Oh right, have you got any stuff online or anything I can look at? I will. I shall. I shall send you. I shall send you a link Ooh. after the show. But yes, interesting. I'm like um, Garth in Wayne's World. I like to pl- <laughs> I like to play. I'm not that good. <laughs> this is my drumming. Hmm. See, it's rubbish. Um, <laughs> do you, I mean with here's here's a question for you as somebody who this yeah. is like your your um your Kickstarter project <clears throat> and your mm-hmm. second attempt at it yeah and you being you know not one of the powerhouses of this world like your Steamforge or your Simon mm-hmm. as we like to call mm-hmm. them um <laughs> what's your kind of your do you think that the Kickstarter space is still a fair space for somebody of your size to still kind of shout, be able mm. to shout about, shout enough, make enough noise? Or do you find that you have to work almost like twice as hard as some of these bigger guys to kind of get noticed in... I mean, there's usually an average now of about 500 board game projects kind of running at any one time. If you found you had, wow, to, it... had to do a lot of work to get kind of get noticed above the parapet. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but to, to be honest, though, Richard, I, I don't think that's a bad thing. And I think, um, you know, there are so many games out there and the competition level is so high that you do have to do the work. Um, and I think, you know, a lot, one of the things you say to people when they start out on this kind of journey of kickstarting is it's a lot of work. You know, everyone you ask will be like, mm. this is going to take over your life and your evenings and your weekends. Yeah. and It's going to take a lot of time. You go to conventions. Um, so but actually, I think it's worth it. And I think. If, if you didn't have that obstacle of all the big fish, this the sea monsters of this world um, being so dominant, then I think you might have much lower quality games that actually fund and lower quality of stuff getting through. So in terms of my game, I think it's good for my game that it's been so hard because it's made it much better. And I don't think it could be much better than it is. Whereas if it had funded last year, I think it maybe wouldn't have been as good. Yeah, um, I guess the other side of it as well is it's the game that you're doing is, you know, Champion of Wild is mm. unusual enough. Then, yeah. Then the case of I'm going to make a I'm going to make a card game. It's like okay, it's going to have variable. You know, it's a card game, and you're going to be fighting off against each other, and you have magic kind of powers mm. and stuff like that. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's really difficult to kind of I guess to with so many projects again out there to make something that is different, that is original, that yes. people are going to actually yes. look and investigate. And do you know what? Sometimes. Mm. People are are a bit tired of having the same games come up again and again and again. So when they see something mm-hmm. different like this, which is light yeah. and social, because not being funny, <clears throat> if I get Rising Sun, mm. and I haven't, and I'm still crying <laughs> about it, but that's besides the point. Mm. <laughs> I'm only going to be able to play that with a select amount of people, and there is still yeah. a part of me that thinks when I get a game in how kind of a, you know, who else can I play it with that's kind of outside mm. the kind of the, the normal kind of board game in space? Because the other thing is as well, is if I play Rising Sun, that's four hours. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. that's, an after- exactly. that's an afternoon or an evening. And my attraction as a parent, to be honest with you, is mm. is something that I know I could play around with, we could muck around with, anybody could get involved. I could quite easily see my four-year-old getting involved in this because with basic knowledge, yeah. he's going to know what an elephant's going to be able to do. He's going to know what an ant's going to do because he's yeah. he's kind of seen Ant-Man, the kind of kid-friendly mm. bits, especially the funny bit with the Thomas yeah. the Tank Engine. But mm. do you know kind of where I'm kind of coming, coming from with that? You, um, yeah, I do. Have you, I mean, how's your approach been to kind of getting the word out? Um, you've done, have you mm. done more reviews and stuff like that as well? Is that, is your, has that kind of thing been more important than maybe last time kind of thing? Yeah, so so I've taken it much more seriously and, and um, taken much more time on it. Um, uh, and 
I mean, I, I, I do some game reviews just for kids' games, but that's more of an interest for me, nothing really to do with the um, with the project. Uh, and But what I have done is trying to engage much more in the kind of online community a little bit. Um, and most importantly, I think, for this project has been I went to the Games Expo in June mm-hmm. um, and got some kind of invaluable exposure there, um, which was really fun, first of all, but also kind of worked out really well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, cause, yeah, I was featured on a couple of things, which, which was just fortunate, really. Uh, so uh, yeah, and also trying to just build the crowd, building a Facebook page, um, trying to promoting it, doing a couple of giveaways, you know, just gradually getting likes, just sort of strolling over the months. Um, and it takes it takes work, it takes time, it takes a bit of money, um, but it has been a really fun experience. And you know, all the people that have become regular uh, engage, engagers in the uh, <laughs> in the big imagination games community, it's just been really good fun to get to know them a bit and to kind of interact with them. So. Um, yeah, the crowd building I think has been really important um, and mostly been done online. Um, but I'm hoping to get some more game reviews out once I get a bit more time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, with all game designers, we have to ask this question, which is: um, Is there more games to come out of Big Imagination Games? Do you have a list of other Ooh. games you would like to kind yeah. of get out there? So that's, that, that is a big question. And um, it all depends on this, obviously. So if, if I think my wife is secretly hoping that this project fails, actually. <laughs> um, just so she can, like, have me back and see me at some point and, you know, like, have a relationship. And, you know, um, uh, but, yeah, I do, I've, got two, I've got two possible things. Yeah. Uh, uh, so one thing that I always wanted to do, part of my frustration with kids' games, was that um, I think it would be really interesting to have a game with asymmetric rules – uh, in which the asymmetry is is, um, is cut off by age. So you have a certain rule set that applies to the toddler, certain rule set for the young child, the young school age, uh, secondary school age, and then adult. Um, and the kind of idea would be that you would try to balance it so that it would work. Um, it would work in a family. So you could have a game set up and you could just be playing it. Uh, and if the if the toddler met their winning conditions, they would win. Um, and once they've won it a certain number of times at their level, they move up to the next level of asymmetry if that makes sense mm-hmm. um so i kind of had this idea of a family game system which i was thinking about developing a bit um but more recently i got distracted by a more by a kind of a more fun idea that may just take my uh yeah uh take my attention away from that as um, it can be a, like a one line kind of throwaway thing that you're kind of going do you know what would be really good um yeah it should be really good different colored doors opening in different ways and then you go oh i've got that and then you're off kind of thing yeah it's just this kind of throwaway comments but i mean have you thought about i mean is there a big box game in big imagination games yeah well i i hope so the um the the thing is obviously because this is a social game which kind of fell on my lap really more than anything else and it's not necessarily the sort of game that i would normally um you know choose to play above others although i do really enjoy it um so so the next game that i've got is going to be bigger box probably not your your seam on your rising sun side of gloomhaven sort of size but um yeah so i'm looking at a a car a card game which is kind of team-based uh um strategy with a battle system um and kind of uh did you ever play do you ever play any online games where you um where you kind of you log in you join an alliance you kind of build your tech yeah. uh you send you send your armies out to different yeah. people and kind of yeah did you, did you ever play any of those command and conquer when you're growing up red alert and stuff yes. like that yeah yeah. yeah, so I so I played a, a tick-based online game when I was growing up, um, and it was a funny one that ran over like three months. So you have ten-minute ticks where every every ten minutes you would get some more um, seeds into your kind of gardener's account, yeah. um, and then you'd uh, over the course of that time you could uh, build up your kind of military, your gardener's military, um, and uh, take on the other team members and um, build alliances and stuff. It was it was quite interesting the way that the the way that the kind of alliances interacted and the way that the tech was built and how you could um, choose your units based on the damage they would do. And um, I found it, you know, I got quite addicted to it. And uh, I'm trying, and I've been developing a bit, um, trying to um, replicate that experience a little bit in a in a board game. So I'm uh, I'm in early stages yet, obviously, with everything else going on, but um, that's the next project. And it will probably be kind of medium box size, you know, like <laughs> viticulture sort of size. We'll see. How much... Um... How much is uh, how much is your game going to go for then? What's the what's the price point on Kickstarter? 
Oh, the Kickstarter one. That is uh, so. It's nineteen pounds. Um, uh, that is for the game itself, and that includes shipping to the UK or the US, and it's an extra uh, three pounds to the EU or four pounds to other places: Canada, Australia, New Zealand, uh, and six pounds the rest of the world. So it's about nineteen quid. And what? And when they open up uh, a box of the Champion of the Wild, what will they mm. get inside that box? Well, so you will get um, cards first of all. So you'll have fifty event cards it's on the ba- on the base game, um, and forty two animal cards. So enough for six players to have seven for the mathematicians out there. Um, then you've got voting tokens. So you're going to have ninety voting tokens, little kind of two centimeter diameter cardboard voting tokens, um, and you've got your rule book, um, and that is basically it. Hopefully, a nice insert to make everything nicely put together. Um, so yeah, it's quite a small box game. Cool. Okay, and mm. more importantly, mm. you are—you you know this is going to happen because you said you listen. Mm. You have rushed out of the local hospital where patient zero has bitten his first infected victim. The hordes of the undead are now starting to fill the streets. Or it's like, I don't know, say Rotherham on a Saturday night. (laughs) You run down the street away from the shambling people that are trying to get themselves to know you with your brain matter. You stumble Hmm. and stagger down an alley, stethoscope round your neck (laughs) and your (laughs) lovely white coat. You push your way into a side door that looks like a fire exit that's slightly ajar and you shut the door behind you. You turn round and you're in the middle of the biggest game board shop you've ever, ever seen in your life. In the middle of the room, there's a trolley. The trolley (laughs) looks like it's mobile, but it's also fairly small. It looks like it can carry at least three board games plus expansions. And looking around, you can see there's any board game you could imagine. Now you're able to take Mm. games that have as many players as you want because whether you bump into lone lone wolves trying to forge their way home or onto people scrambling for communities to hold their spirits together, the answer to the question when you ask them do they want to play a board game is always going to be a resounding yes. Oh, just imagine. The question, the question to you <laughs> is, as a doctor, how would you treat the ongoing zombie horde? No, um, that's... <laughs> <laughs> the question to you is, what three games do you take with you? Oof. Doctor Claire. That, hmm, that is a good question. Um, do you know, the the best thing about that is having a, having a knowing that it's going to be played. Um... <laughs> Ah, so I think when we when we say we're including expansions, does that include kind of collectible card game? Anything expansions? at all. If you have Netrunner, okay. then you have the ability to have everything, and it's in a, it's in a special. You can it's in a special case that carries the whole collection that's ever been. Man, so I think I think the first thing. Uh, to say is that I have never played uh, Pandemic Legacy so I think the first thing I'll have to do is wait for season 2 to come out and then get that one I'll wait in the, sh- I'll wait in the shop until it's come out so like whatever it was a couple of months so you can buy that you're going to add in- insult to injury to everybody you meet by saying let's play a board exactly. game about infections <laughs> yeah exactly exactly it's perfect isn't it it's perfect <laughs> um, uh yeah, I just I haven't played any legacy games, and um, I'm, I'm looking forward to trying out Gloomhaven, which has got some aspects, hasn't it? But um, so probably Pandemic Legacy season two, I would start with. That's what I'll hit first. Of all. Awesome. Okay. Secondly, yep. I'm oh. gonna go with Star Wars Destiny. Oh, that's an interesting choice. Yeah, yeah, and and actually not not based on the fact that I've actually played it, but based on um, what I've heard about it, and I think I'd really enjoy it. Um, and if you had all of, if you had all the expansions, you could then just give. You know, if you had an infinite amount of cards, you could give them out to your to your friends, and, and they wouldn't have to spend loads of money on the various expansion packs. Your friends are probably um, dead. Um. Oh, <laughs> that's just ruined the dream. <laughs> the dream just cr- oh. crushed you. No, you can, ah. you can have as many expansions expansions as you want, and your friends are still fine. 
That's that's I'm going to say that. Um, what's the third game? Because uh, there's now tapping on the windows as they have been alerted to your presence. Mm. <laughs> Do you know? I think I don't think I can get past Gloomhaven. So I'm just there aren't many things that will make me spend that much money uh, for something that's not going to come for six months. So if it was there on the shelf and I knew I was going to get it in a month's time, I'd probably just get it anyway. <laughs> so Gloomhaven um, is your final choice. Gloomhaven is my final choice. It's quite it's quite heavy stuff, isn't it? Those ones. Well, I suppose it's not it's not exactly social games. Yeah, but, but it'll do. It'll do. How about you, Richard? What are your three? Have you have you told us yours before? Um, not yet. Okay, that's coming. That is definitely, yeah, that's definitely (laughs) going to happen at some point, but not until the end. (laughs) You're just such a man of mystery, which is, it's, you know, I feel like I know you so well, but but not at all at the same time. No, 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 I am an enigma wrapped in a riddle. You are covered (laughs) exactly covered in salted caramel, so I'm so I'm chewy, (laughs) but confusing. (laughs) If people want to find. find out more if they've listened along tonight and they says well first of all you yeah. can wait until the kickstarter which is on the 18th mm. of this month and uh, yep. we will make sure that that kickstarter link is in the show notes so as always we mm-hmm. have notes to show but where can they find you on the interweb nets tc yes so uh, the main place is if you go to facebook.com forward slash big imagination games uk that's where we put most of our stuff up um i have got a twitter twitter um account if you go forward slash um twitter slash tbig t-w-e-c-e-b-i-g uh and there's a website bigimaginationgames.com but mostly it's on the facebook that we do stuff cool well, all those links will be passed to us and we will put them out there when we publish the episodes. So, as we say, we have notes to show. Um, <laughs> thanks for coming on. Do you know, I realise I only told, like, one knock-knock joke. I know, it didn't happen. It did, it didn't well, happen. you know, you... it was so fascinating. Do you know what I mean? But now, I do feel like a set of curtains. Why's that? I think I should maybe pull myself together. Dun, 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 dun. That's where the that's where the theme tune comes in. Yeah, yeah that's where that's where there. the theme tune comes in. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, listen. Thank you for coming on. It's been it's been a lot of fun. It's always been. Yeah, fun. thank you for having me. Oh. Thank, it's it's a pleasure, as I say. It's an honour honour to be on your show. No, not at all. Mm. Not at all. As I say, I'm just a nosy type that likes speaking to people. Um, if you'd like yeah. to keep an eye on what we're up to, and we're grateful for everybody that does. Um, thank you for rocking up each and every time we are putting out an episode at the moment and showing your support. Um, if you'd like to follow what we're doing, you can find us on Twitter at We're Not Wizards. You can find us on Facebook at We're Not Wizards. You can find us on Instagram at We're Not Wizards, which I need to put some more photos on. You can find us on YouTube because all of our episodes seem to end up on there as well now, thanks to our lovely host at Podbean. Um, if you search for We're Not Wizards Tabletop, you will find us there. If you want to catch us through the various podcast catchers, which is ironic, me telling people to catch us on podcast catchers, because if they didn't have the podcast catchers then that we were not on, they couldn't find us on the podcast catchers. <laughs> so we're on Speaker, we're on Acast, we're on Stitcher. Um, we are also, obviously, you can find us on Apple Podcasts as well. If you like what you've heard tonight and this is the first time that you've listened, thank you very much for listening. If you like us even more, if you go over to Apple Podcasts and you drop us a subscription, that would be very nice. If you like us even further than that and you fancy, I don't know, dropping us a review, then drop on Apple Podcasts and do that as well. If you are going to drop us a review, remember, don't give us a 10, because that does just make us big-headed. Mm. But don't give us mm. a 1, because that makes us cry. <laughs> give us somewhere in the middle, like a 5, because it's average. And we are... We're a bit average. But the person who's not been average tonight is the wonderful Dr. Tom Clare, or TC everybody knows mm. watch out the next time you visit his surgery though because he might be you know he might whip out his copy of Des- Star Wars Destiny <laughs> and try and challenge you he might ask you to play like you know Kylo Ren and then he'll say he'll only give you your ointment if you beat him so it's one of these things that just might just might happen um, but again no thank you very very much for coming on it's been a it's been a lot of uh, 
it has been a lot of fun um one last shout out to a new listener who tweeted us today mr mark hinton so hello mark he says oh i've just found your show and thank you for joining us um <laughs> but there are only two more things to do hmm. and the f- what are they Richard? well the first thing is to remember hmm. that we are many things but we're not wizards are we wizards? Yeah, I'm, I'm certain. I'm, I'm not a wizard. I don't know about you, no, but I'm, I can't speak no, for you really, but I'm not. I'm not wizards. No. We are... We are animals of different different species. We have different skills. <laughs> we have claws. We have teeth. We have fur. We have fins. We have flippers. We have hoofs. We are carnivores. We are herbivores. We're potentially also ungulates if we do like, you know, to be, say, maybe a <laughs> giraffe, for instance. But we're definitely not wizards because we're about to appear on our very own special edition of the Olympics. So if you see a dolphin going past with a ball in the air and a wink on his face and he's showing off to the crowd, then maybe it's you that's played the card and not somebody else. <laughs> Amazing. And the next thing is to say goodbye. So it's a goodbye from the fantastic, the wonderful, the highly educated health meister, this <laughs> Dr. Tom Clare. Say goodbye. Yeah, goodbye. Thanks, everyone. Goodbye. <laughs> See ya. And it's a goodbye from me. Um, as I say, stay safe, roll sixes. And until the next <laughs> time. But until the next time, goodbye. Say goodbye, Tom. See ya. Bye. <laughs> Have a good one. Bye.